Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. And I'm Andrew. Hey, we are this Jesus life podcast. And Josh, once again, I'm thrown off uh, by our slow music. Sorry, dude. I, they won't uh, know this because we'll, we'll edit it. We'll, we'll swap um, it out. They will have no idea. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, people... Yeah, we we're having this weird so tech issue where our off. yeah we're having a weird tech issue where our music us. plays like super slowly instead of like yeah it's just like maybe a fifth of the regular speed so it's like you heard it last week because we left it there <laughs> yeah we left it sorry about that like it's yeah. good enough let's just go with it yeah but yeah, dude, dude we are hey, this good Jesus to see your podcast. eyes. Dude, it's good to see your by eyes. I mean the blurry blocks <laughs> around where your eyes should be because it's yeah, super man. blurry right now. It's nice to see the rims of your glasses and your face. Uh, you're blurry as well, so you know I can see everything no, generally where better. it is. Yeah, but yeah, I need to get better about my glasses. I, I don't hmm. like wearing them. I'd rather wear just my regular contacts. Right, Mainly right. because when I leave the house, I don't have prescription sunglasses, so I'm just screwed. Mm, um, yeah. But I'm also really lazy in the morning. So mm. it's like, you want to take that extra minute to put contacts in? No, nah, I just put my glasses on. Uh, right. And then I'll, I'll put them on. I'll put contacts in later, and it just never happens. I don't um, know. Because the only time I'm in the bathroom this, is but... to poop. <laughs> and I don't put contacts in after I poop. Like, that is a... <laughs> Hard and fast rule of mine. I was gonna bring up the whole pink eye controversy totally, and I was gonna say, <laughs> like on the pro glasses side, like much lower yeah. risk of pink eye. You know, you like you can wear them while pooping. You basically have eye shields on, true. and uh, and there's That's no true. need for direct finger to eyeball touching. You know, like no transmission nope. risk, bro. Like maybe you should go glasses. My like, problem is there's something like. I don't know what's up with these glasses, but if you barely touch them, um, smudges like across the lenses mm. and I clean them constantly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're like cheap glasses from like that's why glasses direct.com or whatever the See, website's called. But dude, um, I go Zenny optical, but you have to pay for like the, the good coating on top that makes it so they don't smudge as easily. And uh, they like cut down on like all kinds of stuff, but yeah, dude. But then you, well, when I bought them, I was just like, like I just need them when like contacts time. fail me. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause you That's pretty much always wear contacts. So dude, it's nice to see you and your blurry glasses. They look great. Um, <laughs> they I look try to great, look smarter with blurry. them. I try to yeah. be smarter when I'm wearing yeah. them. So I like Talk to smart about... things and try to use words with lots of syllables. <laughs> yeah. Like E because MC yeah. square and yeah. stuff. But that's why you're know. like, hey, conversations hey. don't seem to go that far. <laughs> um, like when I just throw that out there, they're just like, yeah, that's cool. Um, and I was like, yeah, it is cool. Einstein was smart. That's why and then today it just doesn't like, go anywhere from there. You're like, you put your glasses on and you're like, Andrew, we're talking through the Trinity today where it's going to be theological, a little <laughs> bit cons- <laughs> like confusing potentially in every direction. And uh, we're going to cover it because it's a glasses day. <laughs> I'm ready for it. Uh, oh, yeah. the good old Trinity. Um, the trifecta. It's a debate in some circles. Yep. I shouldn't say it that way. It's a debate in 
in old Christian circles um, as the church was first starting out. It was a bigger debate than this today. <laughs> okay. but, uh, I just don't. I just don't care, in all honesty. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't care if you those... define God as the Trinity or not. Yeah, I kind of fall I into that camp complex. too. I think, yeah. I, yeah. I think I think the Trinity conversation, and we're diving right in now, but I think the Trinity conversation is like I know why it was important then um, when they why went was for, it through then? the first consuls. I don't know why. Just because I don't so know that other. much about it. Okay. Yeah, just because there's so many other religions at the time um, that did okay. take on a stance of of multiple gods. Mm. Uh, one to dif- dif- differentiate ourselves from those religions, but two. Christianity's always had a foundation. You know, we come from Judaism, so there's attached to that, but like there's yeah. always a, a singular source of information foundation. Um, so for us it's it's God recorded, you know, recorded his his truth in, in what we call the Bible. Um, you know, in in um the in the Jewish faith it was, you know, the law and law and the the prophets. But yeah. So I think maybe that's come because like I, you could just start a new God. Like if I just wanted to, you know, mm. Greek religion to worship something else, it was, it was possible to get that to catch on. So I think that might've been part of it. Like there's just that natural source of one place of information I uh, see. or truth coming from. Mm. Um, so I think that was part of it too. Um, yeah. And then, you know, as those churches started to shift and change, like the Trinity didn't hold, I think to the same standards as early on, like you start to see some sex start mm-hmm. to separate, but <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. I'm just from the, but I take the same stance with like, I, I'm not saying it's not important, but I'm not, but I, I am saying, I don't think it's important enough to argue over. Hmm. Um, so like I take the same stance with like creation, um, whether hmm. God created yeah. in, in, you know, six days technically, or was it thousands of years or millions of years? Yeah. yeah. You're going to find a bunch of people on, on different sides of the aisle, whether they follow Jesus or, or don't follow Jesus. Um, even in the, in the Christian faith, there's a thousand different views around it. My big yeah. thing is like, I just don't care. Like if we can agree God created, I really don't care how God created. <laughs> um, just that he yeah. didn't create. Now I come from a creationist view. Like I would take that view um, if held to the fire, but um, I, I don't, I don't care to argue over it. It just doesn't feel like that. Yeah. important. Yeah. And that's probably one like reason you I and like I are, was God created. yeah, that's probably one reason you and I are not theologians, you know, like we make it clear we're not theological experts. We're just kind of everyday yeah. Christians. And you are more than me, uh, by nature of being a pastor and studying a lot more theology than I, than I have. Um, and you know, Yeah being in pastoral ministry for a long time, but that doesn't make you necessarily like bona fide. Like I'm writing books on theological stances, theologian, you know, uh, or like I'm endlessly yeah. arguing about single issues to prove something that's probably not that provable, you know, uh, to be with. Yeah. It doesn't even excite me. Like yeah. guys like that. Like I went to school with guys like that. I've been in ministry with guys like that. Um, that want to argue those things and just like, I mean, there's so many other things that we could be focused on. Like why argue about this? Does it really matter? Yeah. Can we agree yeah. that Jesus is who he said he was? Can we agree the gospel is the gospel and the only way to Christ? Mm-hmm. Everything else can be up for debate and we'll just move on. But I don't yeah. know. With that for being a lot said, of people, it matters a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's uh, Trinity. One of 
It's a weird thing because um, like even in like kids Bibles, you know, like I have a three-year-old, so we have a couple kids Bibles and uh, even in like super early, like in the Genesis uh, description, it's like authors wedging in like all these things that's like basically like, and here's how you just, here's how you make sense of the Trinity, you know? And I'm like looking at my three-year-old and I'm like that like you don't even need to worry about that it's just not important to you right now to even think about this You're like Catherine, it's it's kind of yeah. like ice cubes and water and steam <laughs> you know how they're like different but the same yeah i'm like yeah there's the egg there's the shell the yolk and the white like, you know it's all one thing but it's not in all and honesty, it's, i think it's more yeah. dangerous i yeah. think it's more dangerous to to, to Christians to try mm. to explain those kinds of things in that way, because it's not, it, it, it is a complex thing. It's a complex theology. It's not, totally. it's not easily explained. There's a really no. good chance. Shoot. We'll get to heaven and God be like, this is how it actually played out. Yeah. Um, and you're like, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So there's then, that piece of it. But like yeah. when we simplify something so important and I'm saying God himself being so important um, down to, you know, water, <laughs> like, yeah, sure. You got the concept across of what the Trinity is, but what damage did you do to the character of God in that child's head? Not his mm. actual character, but his, the view of his character. Yeah, that's a big yeah. Deal. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Oh, I'm being joined by a nine month old um, <laughs> coming in to ransack my nice. office, dude. Yeah, I saw a video I, uh, of her pushing her sister around. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, we just got that like it's like a little um since you people can't see the video if you're listening. Um it's like a little um wagon, but a a walker and like a I don't know, it's like a third of the size of the actual like red rider wagon um with a walker bar on it. And uh yeah, uh my bigger girl was sitting in there and my 9-month-old was walking and pushing it around, which was awesome. So Dude, she yeah, literally started pretty, taking pretty. steps the other day. It's like like standing free That's taking cool. steps. Like it's wild. It's wild. Which is she's gonna be she's gonna be an really early walker. Early. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> I never crawled as a child. You um, never crawled? I just rolled. So like I went through this like small stage of rolling and then I just started walking. Yeah, I never I never crawled. I'm not sure what that means. <laughs> Uh, one one person told me that's why I can't read well. It's because of that. I mean, okay, you can't read <laughs> well because no you sense, never crawled. Uh, that's funny, man. Yeah, I guess it's like, there's a correlation in their head, at least. Like, okay, that's hilarious. That's, like, oh well, yeah, I don't think I can read well because I'm dyslexic. And nobody told me. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, yeah, but you're only dyslexic because you couldn't crawl. <laughs> it's totally the same. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. What I was going to say, though, before uh, before being interrupted by a sweet nine month old crawling in um, is like, I don't know, it's one of these things that you can endlessly argue over if you want to. Um, But I think maybe by arguing over the issue of, you know, is it a trinity? Is it is it not? Is God the father distinct and the Holy Spirit is an expression and Jesus is son of God, like you can argue about how you make sense of those things, but it's probably a lot more important to focus on like, no, like how do I walk in the way Jesus walked regardless of my exact view on Trinity or sonship or whatever? Um, 
how do I relate to God actively in my life through things like prayer and listening, reading this, reading the Bible, like spending time with, with him and his people. It's probably a lot more important to focus on your behavior than your, uh, argumentative nature and you and i are at both eights and we like to argue but this isn't something that i particularly get jazzed up about arguing uh either so i don't know if there's anything you want to respond to yeah. in there but i think it's my, my like, simple thought is behavior over argument maybe yeah well i think too like there's always um there's always been this piece of christianity that knowledge rings reigns king so like we we prove our I don't know holiness um, hmm. for lack of a term that you know other term that's coming to my head um, by how much we know complex issues so we can like flex it's like a weird flex we're like yeah I'm <laughs> totally sorry. it's like I had I had a youth I had a youth leader buddy um, that like loved teaching on John one one. Um, John one one, if if you've never read it, um, is the introduction of Jesus. You know, G, you know the word always existed, and it's a I I don't have it up right now, but you can go look yeah. it up. John one one, I think it's one uh, and two, and then it kind of changes form. But it wait, um, it calls back to like Genesis this, one, right? Basically, like comparing, saying like Jesus was in the beginning, right? Like that isn't that the correlation with yeah. John one one. Yeah, that's the point of it. It's it's word becoming flesh. So I'll pull it up here. Yeah, and just read yeah, yeah. it so we can all have it. But uh, in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was yes. God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made um, that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. That light shines uh, in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Yeah, it's, it's the it's John's way of introducing God, and it's introducing Jesus um, in that piece of who God is going back to the Trinity piece. Right. Yeah. But like th there's this weirdness about it of like, yeah, we like to take really complex issues or like we like to argue, yeah. especially, you know, if you're in Bible college, you like to argue, you know, Arminianism or, or Calvinism and which stands, you know, stronger in, in light of scripture. Um, I, I think it's yeah. just weird flexes that we like to do to be like, yeah, but the reality is that youth leader was a shitty Christian. And I don't, mm. and I don't say that lightly. Like he, he just really was. He was a shitty Christian, um, from a mm. from a standpoint, from our definition of shitty Christian, which would be are they fostering a relationship with Jesus? Mm. And then from the the you know the legalism Christianity version of like, do they live Christian life a well a good holy sinless life? Mm. Right, like both versions, shitty Christian. But there's this piece of it of like, oh, but look how well he can explain complex issues. And I think it comes, mm -hmm. it's like the Trinity as well. Like, how can we, you know, explain complex issues um, to the to a level that a you know a five year old can understand it? Mm -hmm. and you're like, well, is that really the goal? Like, or can I can yeah. I you know describe to them a God that deeply loves them and wants to be in relationship with them, which is a lot more important yeah. than how yeah. does the Trinity, you know, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit interact with each other as their separate entities of the same being. Right. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like one's yeah. more important than the other. And it goes back to what you're saying. Like mm. Christians are so much more educated than their obedience. Like mm. so much more educated than their obedience. They're, yeah. they're so good. And like, it, it frustrates me to the point that I probably push too hard on it. Like I remember having a, an argument. Um, I just started uh, a, a job at a church, been there maybe less than a week. Um, a guy in a similar role to me were meeting with a bunch of interns 
and he goes through this long spiel about how important it is to know the order of the books of the Bible uh, and know all the names of the, the books. And I'm like, no, like, I just know. <laughs> I think that's absolutely useless and unimportant. Yeah, um, I, I think they should know the content of what's in there, and mm-hmm. even if they can't tell me where it's at, um, they can quote it. Um, yeah, because Google is pretty cool at telling you where things are at if you can quote yeah. it. Yeah. Um, totally. So, so there's that piece of it of like, yeah, you can know all those things. Like, <laughs> I had, uh, I just got back from Minneapolis last week. Um, and uh, my nephew listens to the Bible, like on one of those weird, I don't even know what they call them, but you see them all over Instagram, like kids have them, um, I don't know. but they're like audio Bibles and they just play mm. constantly until you turn it off and moms are having kids fall asleep to it. Uh, huh. So they know their Bible and it, and it works in the sense of like, he knows a lot of Bible trivia. Well, I know more than him because... I screwed him <laughs> in the last competition, but whatever. That's awesome. Neither here nor there. I'm smarter than a 10 year old. Um, but like nice. there, there's that piece of like, of like, yeah, it, it's, it's really important that truth is, is, is in the hearts of, of people, but at the same time, probably useless if it's not being used. Like if they're not applying it, then like, yeah, I would argue there's probably even some harm in it. Yeah. Because it goes back to that knowledge flexing of like, well, look at how much I know about the Bible. And you're like, that's mm-hmm. awesome. You're a shitty Christian. Like, I don't know yeah. what to tell you. Um, yeah. And that gives them a false sense of, of, and, and I think too, like, I don't think it's intentional in the sense that like, it, it comes from a good place that we try to do these things and teach, um, you know, scripture in this way to people so they know it. Um, but the problem comes is what happens when shit hits the fan in their lives. Mm-hmm. There's no relationship. The only thing that they've ever fostered was knowledge about scripture and it comes back void. Like, and I'm not saying mm-hmm. scripture comes back void. It, it doesn't in relationship with Jesus, but by itself, of all your, it's just knowledge, it's just information. And now your a faith is now in crisis and probably going to implode on itself. And they're going to walk yeah. away from the faith because they never learned what the truth of, of scripture was trying to get to, which was a relationship with God through salvation, through Jesus um, himself. Right. Like there's that piece of it, I think can be extremely devastating mm-hmm. and, and scary for a lot of Christian for a lot of lot of Christians and a lot of shoot parents trying to yeah. raise Christian children as they walk away from their faith and, you know, their teenage and, and early 20 years because they tried what they thought was all the right things. They made yeah. sure that they prayed every night at dinner. They tried to, you know, talk about Jesus things. They made sure that they were spending time reading the Bible, but mm-hmm. they didn't teach them the why behind it, right? Like they didn't teach them, yeah. this is how we foster relationship with Jesus. The end goal is relationship with Jesus, not yep. to do these tasks or, mm-hmm. or these, these good things. But I'll mm-hmm. get off my soapbox and, and let you jump in there, Andrew. I wish you would have stayed on your soapbox for one more moment longer. Um, because as you were talking, there was something Jesus said, um, in, I'm pretty sure Jesus said it, uh, but talking about God, the father and the role of sacrifice in, in the old, uh, old Testament and kind of old covenant, like you and I have talked about before, like physical sacrifice of animals. Um, where Jesus quotes something, I think, out of Isaiah and says, uh, out of the book of Isaiah, and says, um, you never knew what it meant that I, I, God, desire sacrifice or desire your heart more than sacrifice. And I might be like paraphrasing that a little bit, but that's the idea is um, 
like, hey, like God is after your heart and your obedience, not after your your ability to sacrifice the perfect of, um, to memorize the perfect amount of scripture, to know the perfect order of the bo- books of the Bible, <laughs> to know the perfect theological yeah. issue to make other people feel dumb. Um, it's funny, man, when you were saying that, like, uh, it, like Christian flex almost of like, yeah. Um, when you're saying that Christian flex idea of like, no, I know more theology than you do. Um, it reminded me of like, there's the, like this weird thing where if you spend time in the church very long, you might have experienced this where it's like, you're, you get to know all these people like at church, uh, and in that context. And then, um, at some point you're like becoming closer friends and usually, and maybe this is just the upbringing I had, but then you'll hear them like cuss for the first time or use cuss words. And it's like this, like, no, don't worry. Like we're actually friends now. Cause you heard me like use potty language, you know? Um, and I like totally, it, it's kind of like that same thing of like, no, I'm, I'm going to put on this front for a while and then I'll show you the, the more real stuff. Um, it's kind of the same thing of like maybe in the opposite direction, this like I know more theology than you, so I can make you feel dumb and then then you don't have to worry about my behavior. You just have to feel like no, like you should know more. And it's like, no, you should actually just be yeah. more obedient, uh, which is a lot harder for me. I don't know if it's harder for everybody. It's a lot harder for me to be obedient and to submit to the will of of God than it is for me to um, read a book or listen to a podcast or um, memorize something. Like obedience is hard because it's the heart issue. Knowledge is not that hard because it just takes some time and focus, um, I'd say. Yeah. Well, I I think because even more of the heart issue, like obedience doesn't come from our ability to obey. Our obedience comes from Jesus' ability to sanctify us into obedient individuals, right? Like true and relationships hard relationships hard, whether it's with, with, you know, the all powerful God or with, with another human being relationships, just hard. It takes time. It takes intentionality. We've talked about this a thousand times. We'll keep talking about it until people start realizing that this is the secret sauce to Christianity and actually start living it. But, um, like, I'm like hostile today. I'm attacking people. I don't know who I'm thinking about, but sorry. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, learning a bunch of information is, is easy. I can read, I could read a book and be able to say, yeah, here's the key points of the book, but it doesn't mean that that book on leadership or that book on whatever is going to have any impact on my behavior. And it doesn't make me a better leader because I read that book it makes me a better leader when I apply the principles to that book, you know, to my life. And the same thing's true with, with our relationship with Jesus. Um, and I, I think the struggle is we want we want our sanct maybe it's the culture Christian culture wants your sanctification process to happen a lot faster um, than is actually happening as we foster a relationship with Jesus. So it creates a need to to fake it until you make it right. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can do all these things and look great on the outside, but like shit can just be miserable and horrible on the inside and, and tearing things apart. Um, that stuff's eventually going to come out. All, all sin is destructive. It's eventually going to come to light. Like it's inevitable. Um, but you can go for a while with it. Um, I, I think, man, 
I think Christians all too, and this is what Jesus said, right? Like he said, yeah, it's easier to to pass through an eye of a needle than to enter the kingdom of heaven. Like to walk in relationship with Jesus is is a difficult journey because it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of intentionality to foster relationship with Jesus. Um, for whatever reasons, us as Christians don't do it. Like even when we do it, right? Like I'm in this weird season right now where like I'm tr- trying to get back to foster relationship with Jesus. Like I didn't spend a ton, ton of time you know, in relationship with Jesus going through the COVID stuff and being down for a month and then coming back, like, you, you know, you have to do these things. So you get back in rhythm. Um, but like, you're just doing them because you're supposed to do them. And I'm not fostering yeah. relationship by doing them. I'm just reading and praying. Cause that's what you're supposed to do. And then you're like, wait a second. I'm not like, I, I've, I've slipped back to where I was. Like, I got to get back to just talking hmm. with Jesus um, and talking with Jesus means you have to change what you're doing. At least for me, like I have to change yeah. what I'm doing. To, to shift something in my own brain to be able to say, oh, oh yeah, I've done, I'm fostering relationship with Jesus. That's that's the point of this. So yeah. for me, like I got to change the habits um, to get back to those places. And and we don't like change. Like human beings are notorious to going back to what's comfortable, even if it's yeah. destructive. Um, yeah. Like this is why I think we've talked about this on the podcast before too. But like this is why abuse abusees go back to abusers because mm. it's comfortable. Human conditions go back to what's comfortable, even it's if it is know, hurtful or destructive. Right? Um, yeah. To our well-being. Yeah. Dude. Okay. About it. I I did find the verses I was thinking about, but what you were saying just now still is totally in line with this thought. I think so. I was going to read it, and this is interesting because as we're talking about God the Father. Jesus, the Son of God, and the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus kind of quoting the time uh, before Jesus was born on earth, you know, like he was quoting, he was calling back. Um, and uh, basically, um, sorry, I just got distracted. Basically, he's calling back and saying, this is this is what God told you then, and this is what he meant. Um, so Matthew 9, 12 and 13 says, but when Jesus heard this, he said, it is, it is not those who are healthy who need a physician, physician, but those who are sick. But go and learn what it means. I desire compassion and not sacrifice. He's quoting there. For I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. And man, that I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Like, I think there's no, we don't need to fake it till we make it in Christianity. That's like, that's the wrong view. Like you don't need to fake it till you make it. Um, you, you need to like take a moment. Uh, and, and if you're listening to this and you're like, yeah, I'm constantly faking it till I make it. Um, you don't need that at all, man. Like it's way better to just be like, yeah, I'm not making it, but here's what I believe, you know, like God, God came to call the sinners. Jesus was sent into the world to save it and to give it a path of redemption yeah. to God the Father. You know, um, He wasn't sent to to give us a "Hey, I can fake it till I make it." Like, man, we're messing up when we're when we're in that when when we're in the mindset of "I just have to look good to other people around me," like. We're in the wrong mindset. Like you're, you're not even in the right place at all. It's like, no, be authentic in your relationship with the Lord. Start there. And, and whenever you feel like you need to fake it till you make it, spend time praying and ask him why, 
Like, God, what's going on that I feel like I have to look this certain way? What am I, what, where am I placing value in that's wrong? Um, and that's not in you because Jesus came and and hung out with the people who were all messed up. Like he went and hung out with rough fishermen, uh, tax collectors, sinners, like I say sinners, prostitutes, tax collectors, fishermen, the lowly of the day. That's who he hung out with. That's who he wanted to be around. And by the way, that's also who he empowered to be like massively influential on the rest of humanity since Jesus was was in this world, um, is those people. So he took the lowly who weren't trying to fake it till they make it. They were the people who were just kind of the honest down and out, like lower part of society. Um, and, and he kind of flipped it on its head. He's like, no, like, follow me. Like, I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to change your lives. And I'm positive that as, as the disciples, like, followed Jesus and got to know him more and more and got to know the way he was walking in more and more that a lot of their rough edges came out frequently. These weren't perfect people, you know, at all. Like right up till the end when the night Jesus was arrested, I think it was Peter whipped out his sword and cut the ear off of the high priest's servant, you know, like he was ready to fight it out. He's like, no, like I'm going to take this in my own power. And Jesus then was like, Hey, you're missing the point. Like, this is not what I'm here for. Like, you've obviously not been paying attention. Um, and that was, you know, one of his closest disciples. Um, so that's me on my soapbox, but just saying, like, yeah. I don't know. When anytime we well, like, are trying to fake it to that, make like, it even after, Yeah. Yeah, even after death and resurrection, like Thomas was still doubting until he was able to put his hands inside of yeah. Jesus's, mm-hmm. you know, scars. Like that's just the reality of it. But um, like w- when you start talking about pleasing, pleasing God um, or, you know, pleasing the people around us, yeah. that's, that's kind of the, the sum that I got from what you said. And mm-hmm. you know, I think of, of Paul's opening of Galatians, you know, am I still trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Like mm-hmm. you're, when you choose to stop putting up the facade, you're going to piss some Christians off. That's okay. Um, that's, that's the, you know, am I trying to please God or please man? Um, kind of methodology, but mm-hmm. I would say it's important because I, I think you're not going to go through certain changes of sanctification. Like there's going to be parts of your heart that God can't change because you're not being open with who you actually are hmm. um, with the people around you. Um, and, and I think it's devastating. We know too many Christians, right? This is why pastors fall in miraculously um, crazy ways um, yeah. because they've created these facades of who they are and they're not true. You can't manage that. Like, it's eventually going to chew you up and spit you out. All sin leads to destruction. Like it's its goal. That's what it's really good at. It's going to happen. Um, like you've got to be honest with who you are. And for those that that have been walking with Jesus for a long time, you would consider yourself a mature Christian. Um, when people do show those sides of themselves, the real selves, like don't freak out. Um, yeah. Like it's like when your kid asks you a question about sex, like shut up, don't, don't, respond in the crazy way, mm-hmm. take the hit internally and, you know, react to it later. So if they're going to say something, you know, out of left field that you're like, Whoa, like, how are you thinking those things? And there's going to be that kind of sin, right? Sin you don't deal with that. You're like, mm-hmm. what the hell did they just say? Mm-hmm. Um, like 
that's just going to come with the territory. Hold your tongue, hold your response, like let them feel like you're a safe place to yeah. share those things where they're the real, they're your real self. And I would say this, if they're sharing those things, there's a really good chance they know it's wrong. So you don't need to correct it for them. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Don't jump down the wall. God says in his word or Jesus said, yeah. like, stop. They know that's why they're telling you. Um, like if they didn't think it was a big deal, it would have came out a lot earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's that piece of it too, of like, who are you trying to please in this life? Cause oftentimes I take that risk, you know, that question from, from Paul is like, uh, am I trying to build a platform, you know, um, try to get a lot of people to follow me. That's how I take the approval of human beings or am I trying to do it God's way? But oftentimes it's a lot smaller than that. Like it's in this moment, am I, am I just going to be the real me? Um, with my blemishes and my good things about me, with my sin and with you know my holiness at the same time, um, like am I going to be these things and let let that ring true, or am I going to create a facade that ends up having fifteen different masks that I have to constantly switch out depending yeah. on what environment I'm in? Like that's mm-hmm. exhausting. There's mm-hmm. a freedom into it, but it's also terrifying too. Like we've talked about this before, it's it's scary to be the real you. Like mm-hmm. it's scary because you don't know how certain people are going to react to you. That's okay. Like, um, it's better to please God and to walk into a foster relationship with Jesus, um, and let him do the, the changing of your heart. Um, than to, to worry about what those around you, whether you think they're good Christians or not, because oftentimes you're going to find really quickly, um, that a lot of those Christians have created facades themselves and don't live the same life, um, that they've tried to portray themselves as living. Um, yeah. you know, they're, they're dealing with sin as well, um, as we all are, but, you know, yeah. or you're the, or they'll shoot, they'll, they'll get to, they'll get to the pearly gates and, you know, you know, Jesus's words and yeah. revelation of like, yeah, you were neither hot nor cold. Like I had no idea where you are. I spit yeah. you out of my mouth. Yeah. And they're like, but we did all these things in your name. And they're like, great, but I never knew you. Yeah. I never like, knew you. Where's the relationship? Like you went to church. That's awesome. You serve the poor and the least of these great, but yeah. I never knew you. I don't know who you are. Like, I don't know about you. That's a terrifying word. And it's not like, and I think when Jesus said it wasn't like, I don't know your name. Of course he knows your name. Knows the amount of hairs that are on your head. He's Mm -hmm. God. But it it was, it's a relational statement. That's what he's saying. He's like, I never knew you. You've spent no time with me. I don't know you friend. Like you're, you're, you're this, you're this guy that uh, acquaintance at work that, you know, Mm. once I left the company, never talked to again. Right. Like that idea. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's scary for us to be okay with that being the norm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think yeah. that's why we're in the crisis that we're in and hope is not um, exploding out of the church um, hmm. at every chance that it can get is because we're, we're, we're stuck in this place where we've created these facades and we're just managing facade, which is exhausting. No wonder so many Christians totally. are pissed off and angry. Totally. Um, that we don't get to live with hope in the midst of those things. We're like, we really, if we really were foster relationship with Jesus, hope would be spewing out of you. Yeah. It comes to the territory. That's right. That's right, man. Absolutely. And, and there's things to know about God that are really helpful as you navigate the hard parts of life or just the normal parts of life, <laughs> you know, um, not even just the hard things, just normal life. Cause life is, is full of, a lot of stuff, you know, but like when you think about God, the father, at least how you and I view God, the father, it's that like, 
Yeah, we should probably dig into the Trinity at some point. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Yeah, but like, yeah, starting with God the Father, because um, I picked it. I don't know. Like, God as, I'm just going to list some attributes that I believe to be true about God the Father um, as he is. I think God is perfectly righteous. Um, I think God the Father is the judge, uh, like has ultimate judgment over us, um, over all created things. By the way, I think he created all created things. I think he's all powerful. I think he's all knowing. Um, I think he's omnipresent, which is something that we can say, but we can't really replicate. Um, same with this omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient, these words that like we can't be everywhere at once, omnipresent. What do they mean? like omnipresent being everywhere at one time, all, all present all the time, aware of everything. Um, omniscient, I think is the all knowing, like knowing of everything. Um, and what's the last one? Omnipresent, omniscient, and, uh, shoot. What's the other one, Josh? It's killing me. Omnipotent, omnipresent. I don't know. There's a third one. Oh, I don't know. All powerful. Yeah. All powerful. We'll just say that. Yeah. Like power without limit, you know? Um, yeah. That, those are some things that, that I, that's not an exhaustive list at all, but, um, but sin does not come from God. Uh, God, the father does not tempt us. That's in the Bible. Like that. He's not going to be you. What? Omnipotence is all powerful. Omnipotence, omnipotence. Omnipotence. That's right. That's there right. All powerful. Yeah. But but also to know from that, like God is the ultimate judge, which is a helpful thing to know because it's tempting to judge people in life, but that's not our role. <laughs> like you might be a literal judge and your job might be to judge did people commit a crime or not based on human law. And that's okay. Like that's a that's a thing you can do. Mm. That's a role you can have. But our role is never to say, how do I judge that person based on God's law? Like that is, that is God's job. And anytime you or I step into that, we're wrong. We're trying to step into the seat of God and the, the authority of God in a way that he never asked us to and he didn't create us for. Um, so when you see God as, as judge, um, that's a good thing to know, but one who is perfectly righteous um, and and always always the same. Um, that's something else to know. Is God's not evil? He's not against us. He's perfectly righteous. He's perfect in his judgments. And then what, coupled with being all present, all knowing, and all powerful, um, those are really good things to understand about the God we serve and God as God the Father. When we're talking about the Trinity. That's that's how it would usually be described. Those are some of the things attributed to God, the Father. Um, yeah. Anything else you wanna you wanna add in there, or that I got wildly wrong um, <laughs> as we were going? No, that's great. Yeah, I think too. Like, um, uh, you know, you mentioned faithfulness, but it, it's even more than that. Like, God's a promise keeper. Like, if mm. He says something's going to be, it, it's going to be that way. It may not be on our timeline, but it's going to be that way, and we can take. Yeah. Um, we can trust in that fact. I think yeah. oftentimes, um, 
we often miss that or like it didn't work out how I thought it was going to work out. So he can't be for me. Mm. Um, you know, he's, he's trying to, to fight against me or, you know, he's, or, um, if you take that theological approach, which we do like in the sense of like, God is for us always. Um, then you're like, well, it's bad. Things are still happening, but God's for me. Like, how do you reconcile that? See, a lot of Christians end up in the place of, Oh, God must not be actively involved in our lives. Like he's, he's not present. Um, he's kind of a, uh, there's a term for it, but I can't think of it off the top of my head, but he's a, he's an external God that has created all these things and is working things out, but he's not actively involved in this humanity or this creation. Um, and that's why bad things have happened. Um, That's kind of like the agnostic view, right? Just uh, not to like cut in, but isn't that kind of the view that would fall there of like, yeah, there is a God, but he doesn't really care about us. Like he created or, but God, you probably wouldn't say he just say, but that God just kind of made everything and then backed away. Right. Like that's, that would be a decent way to sum up like agnosticism. Some believe he's coming, like he's going to return, but Yeah. But it's not, yeah, he's not actively involved, which I see how people get to. Like, I, I can understand yeah. that. I've been in frustrating situations as well where you're like, well, if it's not changing, then God must be. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, God didn't say he's going to protect you from all harm. Like, he didn't say you're not going to go through crap. He didn't say other people's sin isn't going to destroy parts of your life. Right. Um, but he did say that all, you know, all things work out for the good of those who love me. Mm. Um like that's a promise and he's a promise keeper. He can turn bad. He can turn sin into good. Um, he yeah. can redeem it. That's kind of his business. Um, yep. like that redeeming quality of who God is. But yeah. I think those, I think all your, your definitions are great of, of describing who God is Thanks. Um, in our lives. Like, and I think it's hard for us to like, yeah, it's hard to wrap your head around all knowing, all powerful, omnipresent, yeah. unchanging God, the creator of everything we know and understand. Um, and everything we don't know and understand, like, mm. yeah, he's vast in that way. And you want to keep that vastness like present, right. like, yes, God's relational. It's important that he's relational. Uh, he yeah. wants to be in relationship with you, but in the midst of that, don't forget the, the vastness side of God, um, or your God becomes way too small um, for this life and for the next. Okay. Let me um, just stick on that point for, for a minute. This idea of your God being way too small, uh, or vast, um, Man, like there's there's appeal, right? Like there's a reason in the Bible people kept making idols, you know, and we look at it in the Bible because they were like physical idols. And and yep. there's a reason for that, that it's like a recurring theme, like Israel through the Old Testament, like the tribes kept getting off the track and like starting to follow other gods and starting to make, you know, small idols and altars to gods that weren't God that were basically Romans one talks about it. Like they worshiped the things that they made rather than the one who made them. They started to worship the things they created rather than the creator, you know, and we can like point back and be like, oh, that was like so dumb. Why would you do that? (laughs) But we do it too. Uh, Like we do it in different ways. Maybe it's not a physical idol, but it's a thing or your, um, bank account or your status in society or your whatever it is, you know, like we have idols too. But when you just, when you, when you smelt down silver or gold and you make it into a little creature, you know, that you can put up on your shelf and you say, that's my God, like, it's kind of nice. Cause you can like, yeah, that's God, like right up there. Like that is, um, because you know, I made it. It's like, if I pray to that God and like, 
controls my house and whatever. And if I forget to the prey, like yeah. then, you know, like my day is going to be bad and bad stuff's going to be ha- happen. But if I pray every day and I put bread in front of it or whatever, like I'm good. Uh, and that's like, I say that's yeah. nice. Like I, I see the appeal in that. Cause then it's just like, I can control this whole thing. <laughs> like I'm God, you know, without saying it. Cause you're like, yeah, I made that. And if that's my God, and it's all about me praying or not praying or doing this ritual, then you're in control. You're God. Like you do, you make your own rules. You do your own thing, do it the way you want to do it. Um, on the flip side, if you're just like, yeah, my God is all powerful, all knowing, constantly the same, righteous and good, the perfect judge. Like if you apply those characteristics, then it can never be us that's on the throne. <laughs> like, we are not those things. And by nature, God is vastly mm. different than us, you know? And that's a good thing. It's a lot harder yeah. to submit to because then you constantly are like, yeah, God is is greater than I am. You know, God's more perfect than I'll ever be. God is more knowledgeable and knowing than I'll ever be. And that's like, that's a lot more daunting than saying like, no, God is that thing that I made that's really valuable, but is up there on the shelf, you know? Um, or on the altar yeah. in the basement or whatever. Like I see the appeal, but That's ultimately good. it's like, who's, who's on the throne? Is it you or is it God, the father who's much bigger and much better and much more fit to be on yeah. the throne, uh, in every way. Yeah. That's good. There's a, I don't know if it's uh Louis Giglio or Mark Batterson. Maybe they both said it in different contexts. Um, but Louis Giglio comes from the perspective, like he goes through like how big the galaxies are and like God's bigger than all these galaxies. And then quotes Isaiah says on your best day um, with your best thoughts, you're still this far away from, you know, the thoughts of God. Uh, yeah. And yeah. Mark, I think says it similar, but, but different, but, uh, and it's true. Like on your best day with your best thoughts, which like, let's be honest, we probably get one of them in a lifetime, like our best day, our best thought, <laughs> like they don't come often to us. Right. Uh, but even on that one day where you're like, man, that was a good day. <laughs> like I knocked that day out of the park. I was killing it. Um, you're still so far from, yeah. from who God is and, and how big and vast he is. Yeah. And I think too, like people put things in idols, you know, put gods in forms of idols. Um, and, you know, as Andrew said, like idols come in all different shapes and sizes. Um, but I think we do it because we, uh, there's a lot of reasons to do it. But I think one of the big reasons is like it creates, it puts a God in the size that I can comprehend. Mm-hmm. Like I can understand. Um, and that's from a, a, a naive place. Like it, it's not a bad thing that you're trying to understand God. Um, but at the same time, if you leave him in those places, you limit uh, who God really is uh, in your own mind. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, who knows where that ends up leading you, uh, unfortunately. But like, yeah. I think it's a good practice to just look at the vastness of what God does. Like I always think of, I had this thought, man, this is a long time ago. I was probably in my early twenties. So this is probably 2003, 2004. Yeah. Um, we were at, we're at a conference um, with some, some pastors on staff and um, we went to the beach um, and we're just like looking out of the sea of people. And then I started like looking at all the houses and you're just like, holy crap. Like in this moment, and this is just a small fraction of a California beach, like right. small fraction of the population of, of America. Uh, and you're just like, God is actively involved in this many people's lives in this moment in time. Hmm. Uh, like, I think it's thoughts like that that just kind of re hopefully to some extent recenter you to be like, Oh yeah, yeah. God, 
God's much bigger than what's going on. Um, Don't get lost in that. Like God is actively involved in all those people's lives. Like he Mm -hmm. wants to be in relationship. He cares, you know, he cares at a, at a, at a a level that is beyond our even comprehension. Um, But like, I think oftentimes it's, it's good to just remind ourselves of like, Oh yeah, God is so much bigger than this. Um, God is, you know, and I think it's it's helpful to to hold on to those things. Yeah, um, I would say Andrew, we were planning on hitting the whole Trinity. So, you know, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But we're pretty far in, and we got to God the Father. So we might wait till next episode. Yeah, and we'll knock out God the so. Son and God the Holy Spirit. But, I kind of think so too. And um, and let me yeah, just hopefully. say, like before we before we pop, like stand on God the Father for a minute, like and try like. We always try to get practical around this stuff. And I know we've been doing yeah. that with like talking about like idol, you know, figure thing that's made versus like some other status or whatever. Like idols can be a lot of things and we still do that. But the reality is like, I just, I think it's important who you say, who you believe God is. And, and, and I also kind of think one thing we as humans all have in common is that we all believe there's a God. Um, <laughs> like, and by saying that, like, I know there's people who say, who are atheists and say like, there is no God. Um, well, they might really think yeah. God is science or God is themselves or, uh, God, like, let me say it differently. You don't have to say something is God, but who has the most authority in your life? Is it you? Is it somebody else? <laughs> is it something else? Like, is for me, it's very helpful to have God the Father as the ultimate authority in my life because then I can I can look to him. And when we get to the next one, uh, or maybe the one after that, where we're talking about, okay, who is Jesus Christ as God the Son? Um, it's helpful because we can look at, okay, what does this mean to live look at? Like, how does this look lived out? How would God yeah. live if he were here on earth? Well, there was Jesus. <laughs> like Jesus lived as a as a human being and walked in a way that he called us to walk in. Um, but but who you say is God or or who you believe has the most authority in your life matters a lot because it gives you things like standards to measure yourself against. It gives you logical ways to get to, well, what is morality? What are the morals I want to live by? What are the ways I want to live? What do I want to be known for? How am I going to spend my time? How am I going to treat other people? Like all these really basic questions that have really, really big impacts over time. Like who you say God is matters immensely. And and if you're following a God that isn't all-knowing, all-powerful, and always present, like you were saying, Josh, of always present, even in every life of thousands of people on a huge beach, that that's just one small fraction of humanity still. Um, if your God can't be all present in everybody's lives at one time, well, like how small is your God, you know? <laughs> and if and if he is all present yeah. in everybody's live, lives and all powerful and all knowing and coupled with perfectly good and just and righteous, like that's a good God. Like that's the God you should follow. That's the God I follow. And it's one that I think you should too, uh, for a lot of reasons. So yeah, man, I just think it matters immensely. I know to put on that throne uh, metaphorically in our lives. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And I, and I get it. Like, 
we don't we're Americans, right? We don't want to be under anyone's rule. Right. Right. <laughs> like I, I get, yeah. I get that pushback. You hear the word authority, you hear obedience. Those are scary words. I understand. I've, I've been led by crappy and secure leaders. I get it. Mm. I know it's, it's hard, uh, to, but you got to remember that the insecure leaders and leaders come in all forms. It's their bosses, their parents, their pastors, their, you know, you name it. Um, authority yeah. comes from a diff- lots of different places in our lives, but um, like you can't let their example of authority yeah. have an impact on your view of perfect authority yeah. that is found in God and in God alone. Authority that is built um, all around love for your best interests, that has deep care for you and for the rest of humanity, um, that wants to see relationships restored, um, that wants to be in the reconciliation business. Like mm. all of those things are, are true of God, and we want to. We want to make sure we don't let those things cloud each other. Um, let God be God um, in in His perfect form, um, rather than letting the humanity's example of that um, have an impact on your life. Um, get back to truth and get back to God's character that's found in truth um, to to figure out who God really is. But um, yeah, so you know, yeah. in the midst of the series, we're talking foundations. You know, if mm. you missed out last week, we were talking about um, humanity um, and kind of the problem. Uh, that we run into as humans. Um, this week, we're, we're going to start talking a little bit about Trinity stuff as we talked about um, God the Father, but we'll keep going. Uh, we want to make yeah. sure we get to God the Son and, of course, God the Holy Spirit, the one that gives us connection and relation to those guys. But the music is coming in, and it sounds weird, but, hey, as always, good to see your smiling face. <laughs> good to see you, my friend. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.